When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Paddock Blues podcast in partnership with Sport Social Podcast Network. I'm Jamie and tonight I am joined by a very special guest in Christian. He's from the other side of the Trent Network uh, podcast. I think I've got that right, haven't I, mate? Red side of the Trent. Close. Red side close. of the Trent. Close, close. Uh, how are you doing? Oh, good. Thank you, mate. How are you doing? You good? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. Yeah, doing Sounds. well. Good stuff. Um, before we dive into this podcast, I just want to give a massive shout out to and birthday wishes to Paul. Uh, you've probably heard him on this. I'm sure our, our listeners have. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's celebrating a really big birthday today. I won't go into the age. I won't, I won't give that away. Uh, but no, honestly, Paul, if you're listening to me, we'll be having a really good day and a really boss weekend and can't wait to have a pint with you this weekend. Um, so, Christian, last time we spoke, it was before... It was actually in your channel. It was before... Uh, our game where we won one nil. That, that seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Really, um, it does. Yeah, there's a lot happened since then, which I'm sure we'll go. We will go into. <laughs> but just sort of talk me through what's happened since then. Now we'll, we'll start really with the manager. You know, mm. that's you know, Steve Cooper was the manager from the outside looking in. He looked like he was untouchable at Nottingham Forest. Was the sort of feeling around your fan base that yeah, he, it was his time to go. Yeah, I mean, it sounds harsh, but yeah, it was one of those where I don't think there were many fans. It was a difficult situation. I don't know if you've ever had this with Everson before, where you've got a manager that you just so, you just want it to work for them so well to the point that even when it's not going well, you're not on their back. You, you obviously, you, you criticize decisions, but you're never saying like, X manager out, I don't I want him gone, et cetera. And there's, there's none of that. It was just pure, pure support and positivity in the grounds to get behind them. Like, I don't know if you saw it when we lost uh, 5 0 at Fulham. Obviously, even then, we were still chanting his name and that sort of stuff. Well, that, that felt more like a goodbye than anything else. But um, it shows you just how much of an impact he made of us as a fan base. Yeah. So, um, the, the probably catalyst for all this actually came shortly before the Everton game. It was, um, we were 2 0 up against Luton 10 minutes ago. And he made three subs. He brought on uh, Joe Worrell, Sheku Kuyate, and Ryan Yates. And to be fair, obviously, there's an element of they have to take responsibility as well because it isn't just a manager. Like, fair enough, the manager got the subs wrong. But to, for context, between them, the midfielders completed three passes. Kuyate completed none. Um, and then Worrell was at fault for definitely the second goal. So, um, obviously, I mean, drew to wall, and ever, ever since after that, it was a bit. It was weird because after that, we beat Villa two 0 and um, that was our last win for for ages. Um, it just felt like you know everything started that could have gone wrong did go wrong. Um, obviously, we went two one up at West Ham and then folded, conceded a bit in a few minutes, and then lost the game. It just felt like we weren't getting a break from anywhere. We weren't. We were probably due some luck, which didn't get it. And um, yeah, it. Ultimately, the the run was one win in thirteen games for Cooper at the end. So, from a football perspective, a boardroom perspective, even I mean, it wouldn't matter if that was Guardiola or Klopp if they got a run of one win in thirteen, they're likely to be sacked. Yeah. So, 
um, ultimately became a football decision rather than anything else. Um, and yeah, I mean, I speak for most Vice fans, I'm sure that, you know, wish nothing but the best for Steve wherever he ends up. And um, yeah, he'll always be welcome back at Forest, but unfortunately it's a decision that the club had to make. Yeah, well, obviously when they made that decision, I think, I don't think it was a shock round the footballing world, but it was a bit of like a, I didn't expect them to actually do it. Mm. Um, but they brought Nuno in, which I yeah. think he just left the club in Saudi Arabia as well, so he jumped straight back into football. But sort of, he is happy with Nuno. I know he's had a, his first game against Bournemouth. He was down to ten men. He got beat and stuff like that. Yeah. But picked a couple of good results up. Um, since he's sort of happy with the the appointment. I wasn't at the time. I won't lie. I felt um, I don't. I think like he's somewhat been a bit tainted since he left Spurs. I think really with his like. Mm-hmm. I think as well, like his last season at Wolves, I think they scored less goals than we did last season. And bear in mind, we only narrowly survived. It wasn't looking great. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be fair, he's like, for, for context, we scored in all of Cooper's games this season. I think it was played 18, scored 17. And we've already scored 16 on the Nuno in six games, or 14 in six games, sorry. So, um, no, it, to be fair to him, he's, he's that sort of perception that he's just negative... Like backs against the wall manager, he's sort of just ripped off and into pieces and threw out the window. And I think he's taken a lot of us pleasantly by surprise. Um, because yeah, I mean, obviously, there is to, to get five goals against Newcastle, Man United is ridiculous. I don't think anyone saw that coming. And like, mm. it, part of it, obviously, there still are some defensive frailties, and you know, m- maybe some of like the good form you could maybe put to a slight bounce, but we just look much better now. We look much more organized. We like I know, obviously, we lost the game against Brentford, but in the first fifteen minutes, just watching us, I was like, we actually looked like a Premier League team. Whereas there were times last season, and definitely this season, where we just didn't, we just looked like we didn't really know what plan we were going for. So um, it's been a big improvement so far, but obviously, it's going to have to continue for the next what's it, seventeen, sixteen games, whatever it is. Yeah, well, I think that's the sort of the same thing on our side of it, where Sean Dyche. He's just got to do what he's brought in to do and manage the mm. football side of it. Um, now, just as I've been asked to ask you this by Paul, um, and I just just before we go into the the elephant in the room, if you will, that if you could change, if you could have one Everton player out of the squad to go into your Nottingham Forest team, who would you pick? Oh, Garner, Jimmy Garner. I don't, I don't even know if we need another oh, yeah, midfielder, course, but, yeah. Jim, but Jimmy Garner, hands down. Like I think. Um, I saw there was a thing the other day playing on Twitter. It's like, who's your favourite like Forest loan player? And obviously, a lot of that team is going to be in a lot in, um, our hearts for a long time because it got promoted for the first time in twenty three years. But the main two were just Garner and Spence. Like I think, and the way Garner's kicked on this season, and and it's just been even though he's not ours anymore, it's just still been very pleasing to see, like just to see how well he's adapted to like Premier League football into a settled system. Now he's in his favourite position in midfield, and like. He's just such a calm presence in midfield. He's so easy on the eye when he gets the ball. He looks like he'll blow away in the wind, but he's incredibly strong and physical. You know, he's just a very, very good footballer, James Garner. So yeah, one hundred percent him. I, I, I forgot about James Garner, but you're not mm. having him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, we've sort of, we have got to address the elephant in the room. Um, I think it was two weeks. I think we've both been hit. Both our football clubs <laughs> have been hit and charged. With uh, profit and sustainability charges and mm. breaches. Now, you're new to this. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> ish. I mean, yeah. used to the new rules, yeah. But we've we I think um, ironically, ten years ago, twenty thirteen, we had a um, FFP breach and we were given an embargo for like free windows, something stupid. So oh, in, in, in a championship, so it's not like we've been skirting the issue before. But no, yeah, no. But it, this is the thing. It's you know. Everton, uh, I'm only speaking from an Everton point of, uh, point of view here, and obviously I've got to sort of say it as an Evertonian. There was a, when we went to City Ground, it was obviously just after the mm. uh, charges, and you know, you get your football banter, you know what you are, cheats and stuff like that, which is, you know, we, we was just one of them, it's football banter. Um, and so you're sort of looking at it now going, well, hello, you know, it's like, well, it's... It, <laughs> Do you still feel like that? Do you still look at Evertonians and go, we just deserve it? Or are you sort of looking at Evertonians now going, yeah, and see why they're a bit upset? It's weird because I feel like we very much approach it very differently. And um, the perception I get from Everton fans is that there's a lot of anger, a lot of anger about um, obviously being done 10 points, a lot of anger being charged, a lot of anger at the fact that it could be double jeopardy and that you could be charged again this season, which seemed very harsh. But um, whereas for us, it's sort of a case of, okay, if we've actually done wrong, it's probably our fault and we'll hold our hands up to that. Um, I think after all the abuse we gave Derby when they <laughs> got 21 points and up going down, I feel like we all sort of said to each other at that sort of time, if, if this ever happens to us, we have to own it. And to yeah. be fair, we have. Like um, I was at Brentford's at the weekend and like there was no booing of the PL Anthem. Obviously, there's nothing like that. Obviously, whether that changed, Inches for the Arsenal game at home because that's probably our first home game since we got charged. Then different story, but the general perception from our lot is that you know we, if anything, we feel a little bit let down from the club because we were told repeatedly we're fine. Like, um, and then obviously the chairman who told us that was moved on in the summer, and it now seems very apparent why he was moved on. If you well, I sort of put two and two together, so I think we're sort of like let down from that perspective. We sort of hold the club to account for it because you know we've been told. You know, numerous times we're going to be fine, and obviously we aren't. And um, now it's the case, just you know, getting as many points on the board as possible and hoping it'll be enough to keep us up. So, uh, whereas we were in a year before of maybe looking to be a lower mid-table side and sort of established one like that, now it's just a case of much like last season, stay up at any cost. Yeah, it's just it's sort of the same for us. Mm. Um, you know, we we spoke when we we had the minus ten, and all of a sudden we hadn't. Yeah. Um. And then you know where we should be now. Every time we win or every time we play, we always had them ten points on. You shouldn't mm. do it, and we always try not to do it. But as a fan, it's so hard not to. You you say there, you know, you were told it's fine, it's fine, everything's fine. Same as us, we got told the same thing. So the night before, when the rumors circulated that it is Everton and not and Nottingham Forest, did you expect it? We were like, oh yeah. Well, to be honest, I knew it was going to be us anyway. Or do you think no? The club have told us we're fine. We're going to be fine. I think yeah, we sort of believed that it would be all right. I think once when we saw we saw the rumours come out, it was sort of like um, you know it's just typical Forest. We beat Newcastle, we beat Man United. We have a nice few days before the FA Cup, and then suddenly, bam! Like, like not anymore. Like any sort of joy you has is completely wiped away. Um, I swear, honestly, supporting Forest just doesn't allow you to be happy for prolonged periods of time. I'm sure you feel the same way supporting yeah. Everton, but. <laughs> And yeah, it just felt like, so we saw like, I think it was the Times say that, um, oh, you know, Forrester at risk. And it was sort of like, oh no, okay. So most of us sort of half dismissed it 
And then we saw the Telegraph, um, like a Midlands journalist and John Percy say that, oh, we've Forest have hired this lawyer to try to defend themselves. And at that point, we were like, okay, yeah, we've probably done something bad then. Nice. Um, but so, yeah, at that point, it was sort of like, okay, yeah, let's prepare and see what happens. Because it then it obviously came out that obviously why we've been charged. And then, it, you know, we've sort of gone to the conclusion of, right, okay, this is definitely the club's fault then. So, yeah, I mean, obviously there are a lot of questions. I mean, it's difficult because I know we signed so many players and a lot of the outside world have sort of gone, why are Forest signed so many players? But what they might not have realised is that we had nine first-team players out of contract upon promotion who didn't sign new ones and went. We had five loanees that went back to their parent club. So that's 14 players out of a 25-man squad gone already. Right. So then you've got, what, nine, 11 players, nine, 11 players left. And, and then most of those weren't, you know, they were reserves for championship sides. So they were never going to be good enough. So we, we had to basically start from scratch, with the exception of Johnson, Yates and Worrell and a few others like Colback and McKenna. You know, we didn't have much left. So then obviously on top of that, Samba decided he wanted to go back to France because he had unfinished business there. You know, it's a goalkeeper who got nominated for the Ballon d'Or last season. So, you know, it's, we had all that at once. So, Obviously, we had to buy an 11 and we had to buy depth and we had to buy reserves as well. That's why it was so many players. Should we have, could we have maybe been better in transfers? Absolutely. But at that time, you know, we've just been promoted for the first time in 23 years. You realize how out of depth you are. Like, I think most of the um, sort of like the higher up people have said that they weren't, we weren't ready for the Premier League. Like, there were so many positions we had to fill. Like, it was stuff like, you know, like getting the right floodlights for city grounds and like having the press area extended to make sure to incorporate all the international side of things. And it was all these things that we didn't factor in being a championship club that we had to then do as well as sign a new team. So it was a bit of a miracle we stayed up in the end, really. But obviously, this is the consequence of that. So, yeah, well, you just said that you just touched on there. Um, obviously, the transfers, and we all knew that Forest team that was it was like a conveyor wasn't it? It was just players, yeah. players, players. But now you've given a bit of backstory to it, which is nice to hear. And seems like it was needed, obviously. It's you know, the promised land is the Premier League, unfortunately, yeah. for clubs. Um, so before you said it's you know, there wasn't any booming of the Premier League anthem. You know, you've seen our club signs, you've seen countless things on social media about what we're doing. Do you think that would change if you were sort of hit with the same points deduction as us? If they were to come out tomorrow and go, right, Forrest is a 10-point deduction, would you think the fan base would go, well, I'm gone. You look at the likes of Manchester City, you look at the likes mm. of Chelsea, you know, other clubs, Wolves, apparently are towing the line, Aston Villa are towing the line. Do you sort of, Newcastle as well. Newcastle as well. Do you sort of think that is where the, your fan base would turn and go, actually, no, we, this isn't right? I think if we got hit 10, then definitely. So I think 10 would be extremely excessive, I feel. I feel it's excessive for Everton, let alone for us. Yeah. Like, But um, I think 10 would be way too much. And I think at that point, it would be justifiable anger towards the owners in the boardroom, which would be, again, more than fair. But I also think there'd be a sense of we've been done hard here, like unnecessarily hard. And obviously you can yeah. appeal it, but it doesn't put anyone at ease, does it? Like for context now, if we, I mean, we still wouldn't be bottom, but... If you took 10 points off us now, we'd still be like 19th as opposed to 15th, 16th, wherever it is. It's a massive difference. Yeah. So it was, um, I mean, w- the way we're sort of looking at it is, or I am anyway, I think we'll be done for six personally, because I think that there'll be a few things taken into account that maybe wouldn't apply to Everton. For example, and I find this 
incredibly stupid or harsh. But um, so our three year periods, um, obviously for Everton was 105 million. Us, it's 61 because it factors in two championship seasons into that as well. So, mm-hmm. which again, it's on the one hand, I get it. On the other hand, it's sort of saying like, well, basically, unless you come up and do a Norwich or Sheffield United and sell your best players and go away, there's no point you being here. So it's sort of sort of like encouraging you not to be too competitive, if you like, or try to be too competitive. And I know people say, look at Brentford and Brighton, but they're, they're special examples and otherwise, you know, <laughs> money-fueled worlds. So um, I think that, yeah, anything more than six, I think, would be... No, that that would, that would cause like backlash towards the Premier League. I think, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, you've just said something there, and it, again, it angers me about the Premier League. You've had two seasons in the Championship. You, you've come up. You've done your best to stay in the Premier League, which they want, which they should want. Nottingham Forest in the Premier League, of course, they should. You know, it's like Leeds. Leeds deserve to be in it for me. Sheffield mm. Wednesday, just these teams deserve to be in the Premier League. So you'd think they'd be like, right, okay, well. We'll give them the three years from when they come into the Premier League. And then you're saying about you've had to, you know, boost your, your press box maintenance around the ground. This is where our anger comes from. We're building a brand new 53,000 seater stadium on the, the River Mersey. Mm. And we're being punished for it. People yeah. are, we're, we're basically, as you just said, try to be ambitious, try to stay in the Premier League and maybe grow. And because we're trying to grow as a football club and a brand, which are part of the umbrella of the Premier League, we're being punished, which it's like, it's basically what the Premier League, in my eyes, what the Premier League wants is a is a club that's already got a 60,000-seater stadium that they can squeeze the life, life out of. We were already ready for the Euros. Mm. And a club that basically don't sign anyone unless they've been in the Champions League for six years. It just... I know people go, well, you look a lot Aston Villa. They Aston Villa could quite easily and probably not get in the top four this season and finish fifth where you'd expect Villa to be. But they're yeah. on the line. Villa can't go, right, you know, look how close we are to fifth. Let's make that next step. They can't. So you don't know whether that might knock Villa back three years because they can't look forward. It just, for me, it just sort of stinks of this is our special bubble, this is our special six, and that's it. And if you try and break into it, good luck. That's the way we're sort of viewing it. Um, I just... You said there about the the board. Is that where the blame lies? Is, would you say... Can you look at that and go, well, yeah, the Morgan Gibbs-White transfer, all these transfers that come through, is that where it's come from? Uh, mostly, yeah. I think just because, you know, we were sort of told we'd be fine and we sort of trusted them to do... So even though it's a rigged game, like, I, 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 again, the fact that what annoys me as well is obviously because where Bournemouth and Fulham have yo-yoed, for example, like they're um they're allowed to lose eighty-three million, I think, but they've also got the parachute payment as well, so they've come down, been covered, and gone up again, so they've not had any real impact to their finances, and they've managed to keep their team together as a result of it, or most of it anyway. So, and don't worry, I, I'm fully aware that we could benefit from parachute payments next season because yeah, we can't rule that possibility out. But it just seems, you know, if you're a newly promoted team without any parachute money from outside, it just seems incredibly difficult to compete. But what hinges for Forrest is that um, even despite all the signings that we made, what actually it came down to was in the last week of June, basically, um, we got an offer for Brennan Johnson for 30 million from Brentford. And 
we told the Premier League this. We said, look, this is way below his value. We're not accepting it. We think we can get more. And that was basically the line of it. And it turned out that proved to be the case because two months later, we sold Johnson for 47.5 million. Um, but had we sold Johnson in that last week, we would have been fine. There would have been none of this discussion whatsoever. So that's what's been the crux of our argument. Because on the one hand, us keeping that player and generating that extra income has allowed us to grow as a club. We've allowed us to sign better players. We've allowed us to push on. That's surely everything the PNS rules are designed for, right? To sort of like maximize your profit. It'll be the same with you and Brampoint, for example. There'll be no point you send yeah. a Brampoint now for like, you know, 30 million when you could get, say, 60, 70 in the summer. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. No. So that'll be the crux of our argument. However, obviously, because it's in a different win- a different time periods, like, they might turn around and say to us, this the example I gave was, look, you're doing 40 in a 30 zone and saying mm-hmm. to us, it's a 40 zone. 20 meters up the road you can't do that so that's what it's going to come down to of us so on the one hand i don't think anyone's gonna be angry at the board for not accepting that money at the time because you know 17 and a half million is a lot of money we're not talking like two or three million to squibble over we're talking a massive amount that's allowed us to really kick on yeah. i mean you know that's we signed a langer for 15 so you're basically saying you're getting a langer two and a half million extra and then the 30 million on top of that just for by by waiting two months so you know, that's what it's going to come down to. I feel that, so from that perspective, I don't think we can attack the board too much, but just in terms of the transfer, like mismanagement, because you had three people, basically. You had the manager, you had the owner's son, and you had the um, the recruitment team all working differently rather than together and signing people that, you know, it used to be a mess at times. So, yeah, I think the angle would be aimed towards them to a degree, but equally not a hundred percent because of that reason, because obviously it's generated us an extra nearly 20 million's worth of revenue. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I want, and to be honest, listen, I've got it as an Evertonian, I've got to sort of speak me truth, if you will. And, mm. you know, if the charges come out and Forrest wasn't it with a 10 point deduction, it would be like, well, hang on a minute. Why are we getting in there? Not, but we we're also making sort of you know you as as just you know yourself you go through every scenario in your head it, yeah not even for a sort of waiting for what happens with the appeal of Everton so if Everton were to get five points back you know maybe they, maybe you could go well, really we're gonna get hit with a five point deduction do you think that's sort of where the Premier League are do you think that's where Nottingham Forest are as a fan base do you think that's literally just what they're waiting for or are you actually worried that they're gonna go no here's ten for use and ten for use. I mean, it'd be very bold. I don't think the Premier League would be allowed to do that, personally. I mean, it would cause all sorts of legal loopholes. But equally, I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, the, the the message I get, obviously, from what I've seen, is that, you know, we will wait and push back any sort of form of hearing until we know what's happening with your appeal, which mm-hmm. I can't believe hasn't even been sorted yet. I mean, it, I, I, it's just such a mess. I cannot. What annoys me most, more than anything else, is that, no, we find out about the appeals... I think a week after the season ends, yeah. it's like, so you could be relegated in a boardroom basically rather than on the pitch. Like, how stupid is that? And I, I don't think it's fair, even for the teams down there, it's not fair on them either because they could think they're safe one minute and then let's say, oh, you've got five points back from your appeal and that just takes you out of the relegation zone. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's not really fair on anyone. It's a, it's just a complete mess of their own making. Um, but yeah, I, that's definitely the 
the, the aim, I think, is just wait and still see what happens with your appeal and then go from there. Because And also, I think that would be a case of vice versa as well. Because let's say, for example, if we get hit with, let's say, a, a two-point penalty and a fine and you get done 10 again, you're understandably going to be furious, going straight in there saying, why have they got this instead of what we got? Yeah. So that's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. But yeah, it's uh, not a fun situation to be in. It's not, honestly. It's... It's a weird one because when it happened to us and we got this help, because it was a bit strange. Obviously, we knew we'd breached, but you know, we'd never seen the sort of like of mm. this. It was sort of, oh, we got a transfer embargo, we got a fine, you know, we'll we maybe get three points deduction. But when it come out on that Friday, that famous Friday, that it got down minus ten, it was just like, wow. Um, mm. but. Are you are you now sort of in that camp where obviously Evertonians have been sort of angry at the board, angry at the Premier League massively about the corruption? I know you said before that there's no sort of sign of that within the Nottingham Forest fan base, but are you now looking from from going, well, you cheated, get on with it, to now looking at Everton? I know you're, I asked you this before, but I just sort of wanted to get your actual thought of what you think of Everton now? It's. I still think... I think what I find harsh is that, from what I can tell anyway, the majority of the um, the breach is because of... Is it interest in the loans for the stadium? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I, I find that very difficult. That very, that's really harsh. I mean, like, I don't see how you can sort of say you know, any stadium involvements or uh, developments don't count towards FFP, but the loan does. Like, how... Surely it's all one and the same. I just find yeah. that to be a bit of a weird anomaly, really. So obviously there is generally sympathy on my part from that side of things. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I was incredibly shocked when I saw 10 points. I didn't think yeah. it'd be anything that severe by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I just, I, the way I see it is that, um, and where I do have sympathy for Everton, is that it feels to me like the Premier League are very worried about this independent regulator coming in. And yes primarily because of the EFL deal and because of whatever else. So it, it seems to me that they want to sort of ward it off and they go, right, okay, look, we can go after our own business. It's okay. Um, oh, by the way, we can, we'll, we'll take it out on the lower league team or the lower half teams. So um, Everton, Forest, right, you'll get full whack. Man City, um, we'll kick that one along the road. I mean, it was uh, Richard Masters saying in, in, like, in front of Parliament, it was no surprise, wasn't it, that our breach was announced the day before he was doing Parliament. And there he says, oh, we've got a date for Man City, but no one knows this date. It's all just like, you know, thin air. No one actually knows whether it exists or not. And it just seems like that, that like they're sort of trying to show that we can look after our, you know, our keep our house in order, wall the regulator off, and then nothing will happen to Man City. That's the way it seems to me. And that does tie in with the whole, the Sky 6 are untouchable. And I can completely see why people think that. I really do. Yeah. Well, we're just touching on, Richard Masters, you know, he sat there, he called, you know, people might not see this, but you're sat there with a Nottingham nice. Forest shirt on that's got two stars on yeah. with two European Cups. You know, we're talking about Everton, who are nine times league champions, small clubs. To sit there, the owner of the Premier League, well, not the owner, but the, the person who runs the Premier League, to sit there and call us small clubs. What was listen? I'll be honest. If you'd walk through, if you'd walk down County Road by Goodison Park, you wouldn't have got out of there. What was sort of your feeling? What was sort of your fan base thinking? How's he just done that? It was. A bit, I think there was a, quite a few people sort of saying, like, if this is the incompetence we're dealing with, we'll be fine. 
because yeah. like you know it's, it's unbelievably arrogant and an independent panel will surely just look right through that and go what are you talking about like you're not making things easier so i i couldn't believe it when he said that it was just like right okay so it's just the sky six and that's it unless you come in with like you know saudi money basically <laughs> it's, it's just i can't yeah. believe he said it mate you know listen i can't believe it you know it's it was it was it was like an open goal, wasn't it? I think mm. everything and Forrest must have looked at each other and gone, We're fine, we'll be all right. Now, let's say the inevitable happens, or not the inevitable, let's say the worst case scenario happens. You wake up tomorrow morning, you've been hit by a temporary deduction. I'm gonna say we don't. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say they just give us a transfer embargo. Do you stay up? Not with ten. I think um if it was six, I think we'd be all right. Because I think if we if we get done six, we'd be two behind Luton still, and I would fancy us to close yeah, that pretty definitely. quickly. But if we get hit with ten, then you know we'd be way back. And obviously, you'd have to keep going. You'd have to keep trying. I'm just having a look at the table now to sort of see how far actually we are back. I don't. I haven't looked. It's weird actually. I've not really looked at Burnley or Chelsea. It's where they are the league. So, um, so yeah, if we were to get done ten and we go to nineteenth, we'd be level with Sheffield United on goal difference, but ours is significantly better. Theirs yeah. is somehow minus thirty four already. Wow. Oh, Jesus Christ. But um so yeah we'd be um so we'd be what six points behind Luton and seven behind Everton in that situation. So I mean six points isn't too bad, but they they have got a game in hand I suppose against Bournemouth away. So it could be nine. So do I fancy just to be two wins? I mean it would be very forest to get done ten. Um, actually, looking at that, that looks better than I thought, which is bizarre to say. I, I don't think it would be. It might not be a foregone conclusion. We probably take it to the final day. I reckon if it was you, ten. But yeah, sorry, Christian. Do you think? No, you've seen Everton do it. We got the minus ten. We, you know, mm. we bounced back. We ended up seven clear of Luton, and then all yeah. of a sudden Luton went on this mad run. Um, that needs to stop. Yeah, that run needs to stop. They <laughs> need to just go away now, by the way. Yeah. Um, why can't they just be like the other two? But they just... Do, can you take inspiration from that? You know, can you look at that and go, actually, it's not as bad as you just said. Uh, mm. You know, minus 10 isn't as bad because we're good enough to go on a little bit of a run. You know, you beat Newcastle away convincingly. Thanks for that, by the way. Um, you know, Manchester United at home... It's still Manchester United at the end of the day. That's it, yeah. You know, can you sort of see enough in your squad to go, ah, yeah, you know what, we will be okay. And also, and just a two-part of that question, really, do you think if you were to get to Anis 10, very much similar fan bases, very close-knit community, do you think it just galvanise you to go, right, come on then? Massively. I mean, um, we saw Ryan Yates came out today. They asked, obviously, for um, we had the presser for uh, the Bristol City game today in the FA Cup. And um, it was much like you got taken to a replay, we didn't need. <laughs> got it done, got it done eventually. But um, they asked Yates about it, and he, um, which obviously they're, they're going to spin this yarn for a while in the media. I mean, we're having it like you as well. And as an Everton fan, I follow on Twitter, and he said, "Watch out for Matt Hughes. Guarantees every other week, oh, you'll get an article from the Mail." And lo and behold, today there was one saying, "Oh, Forest could face financial implosion if they go down because half the team haven't got relegation release clauses." I'm like. Can I just so, give you a bit of advice on Matt Hughes? On honest to God, he had a hate. He, he hates Everton, and now we must have some sort of derby fan or something. Because <laughs> honest to God, mate, he 
he's the most must be the most miserable man in the world that just loves to speak it's about misery. Awful. I mean, that says a lot about that rag as is, but he said, watch out for him. As like he's like he just like flies around FFP, gets good, can't get enough of it. He's uh, never so, been right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they've been right. But like yeah. it's just common sense. Like most of it's just hysterical. If any, if any team went down, look at Leicester, for example. Do you think James Madison had a relegation release clause? A, a, a wage drop absolutely no chance already sold him for 40 million like same with Harvey Barnes like if any team goes down apart from the new new ones they're gonna have players that aren't on relegation release like wage drops so it's just oh. you know it's just like whipping up the masses really but anyway they're gonna spin this for a while we know that um yeah. until we find out really it's gonna be like a cloud looming over the grounds and they asked um Yates he said do you think you can have like a siege mentality like Everton and he went I'm not thinking about it at the minute, but if push came to shove, I don't see why not. And I think that's the mentality you've got to sort of take into account, got have going forward. Because I mean, like, we saw how much it galvanized Everton, we saw how much it pushed them forwards. And I think, you know, much like um you at the time, I think you're only what six points off Luton, weren't you, when you got done a similar yeah. amount. Yeah. So we we'd look at that and go, right, if they can do it, so can we. Yeah. And um, you know, that, that 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 would have to be the aim. And, you know, just try and get us out of it. I mean, it's fortunate that I don't think had this been last season with the deduction, it would be very different, I think, because the yeah. teams are better. Leeds and Leicester and Southampton were all better than those three down there now. So it's, yeah, I think it would definitely galvanise us um, and just help us push on. But it's, I mean, like you are now, how much, how long can you ride that wave for? Because, you know, it only takes one bad result when you're thinking, oh God, like it's, it's not looking good. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's a hard one because we got beat by Manchester United at home in the first game, mm. 3-0. I think Dan Nacho still trying to yeah. recreate that goal. But, you know, and then we were like, oh my God, this has killed the players. Mm. And they never... Then you beat us, yeah. Charity FC came around. Yeah, went to use and then it was like, all right, okay, that wasn't a bad result. That's a great result. And then, you know, then it was Newcastle at home, Chelsea, Burnley, you know, I think Aston Villa as well in the, in the Carabao Cup in between. I think... It can do it. Mm. It can do it. I've seen it. I, I've gen- I honestly seen it. I think we've got the right man as Sean Dyche, by the way, as well. I think. Oh, definitely, yeah. Perfect. That, that I think time. he loves it. I think he secretly loves it. I think he loves the challenge. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. you can hear it. His voice goes like, crack here, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's too easy, let's give us 10. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably asking for it again. It's probably in yeah. behind it all. But I just... I just wanted to... Because it's... When you sort of... It's a mad one, because when you're on your own, mm. you sort of... You know, you're telling everyone, look, you know, feel not feel sorry for us, but like you're sort of. It could be you. It could yeah, be it you. could be you. And you know, every time we go to a ground, now we get the same thing. You cheat, you know. Yeah, it's fine. Listen, it's football banter at the end of the day. And I think yeah. if she was only foot, we'd probably sing it. But I just, uh, for me, it's sounds terrible. This, but it's sort of nice to have someone else in the same boat. If that makes sense, yeah. it's like. I think if they did, if if at the end of the breach they'd gone right for us to choose and Everton use it all right, use it have been sort of in the we'd have known the experience, but we wouldn't be like, well, come on then, let's try and do this together. Yeah. Um, do you sort of see that happening now? Do you sort of see Everton and Forest sort of coming together and going? I think so. Yeah, I mean, each other? yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think if it comes in the season, we both stay up. To the point where the deduction, the appeals are almost pointless because we're both safe. Yeah, I think um, that would be quite a big cause of celebration for both of us. And um, 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's weird. like even last season, I remember sort of saying like, you know, I don't really want Everton go. Like, um, I'd rather much rather be Leicester, Leeds, and Southampton to drop, and um, or Bournemouth at the time. So I, I, I think like what you say earlier was true about like Wednesday and Leeds and that sort of thing. Like you sort of want those more historical clubs. I know obviously don't go around these teams have earned it on merit, like Luton and whatever else. But yeah, it's like you, know, you want to go to the better stadiums. You want to play like the more historical teams and get one over them. You want to sort of like test yourself against you know the bigger clubs if you like. Yeah. Um, which is why that master's comment made even even more bizarre because I don't. <laughs> but um so yeah I, I definitely could see something like that yeah um like I said I think um obviously we will get you on our pod next it'll be for preview the next game which will be just before the or just after the announcement that's it yeah so the PNS derby will be mm. about a week after we I'll be a lot greyer and a lot older looking <laughs> oh, <laughs> just listen we, we do you know funny enough and it probably doesn't feel like that for you and it definitely doesn't feel like that for us but we actually follow football Mm-hmm. Um, so just quickly before we wrap up, I just wanted to get your thoughts on your game this week. You play Bristol Rovers in Bristol the City, FA- Bristol City, Bristol City, City sorry, yeah. away in the FA Cup, uh, tomorrow night. Is the FA Cup something that you just write off, or you're thinking, no, what, no, let's just go for it? It's, I think, since the announcements come out, the mood's changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think, um, because you know, obviously, we have Blackpool. And we very stupidly drew the first leg to all, haven't gone two nil down. And it was like, all right, okay, we should have won that. We had a great chance to win literally right at the end. And it was one of those like Gaza 96 moments where Wood was just millimeters or yeah. 90 moments, sorry, Wood was just millimeters away from it. And um, then obviously it came out that we'd been charged and suddenly all focus shifted to the league from our fans. But um, Nuno's just gone, no, 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 no. Look, the, the FA Cup's incredibly important. And we, and we played a strong team at Blackpool and won eventually. <laughs> and um, I imagine it'd be the same for Bristol City. I know obviously we'll have half a line Arsenal. I'd be surprised if Gibbs White or Alanga played because obviously we have Arsenal so um, shortly afterwards. But yeah, the cup still, you know, I don't think that you can turn down the opportunity. I mean, last season we got to the League Cup semi-finals, and that was the first time since 1992 we've done that. So like, you know, the cups are very important yeah. because we haven't had those memories for a long, long time. So, you know, I think the last... FA Cup final for us would have been 1991 so you know you're going back a long long way I think obviously we got to the quarters two years ago and lost to your neighbours but um, you know it's it, we don't normally get that far it's normally fourth round and out so yeah. I, I would like to say I'd like us to take it seriously just because you never know and also if you go on a cup run it might inspire your league form as well I know it didn't with Wigan but you know it, it can give you something else to focus on and look forward to so and I'd like to see us take it very seriously I think for what it's worth, we'll get a result in Bristol City. Um, yeah. I think they must be the only team in England that have more players out than we do. We, we've got 13 unavailable, they've got 14. So oh, wow. <laughs> it'll be a battle of reserves. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to, I hope we can get something. I don't want to write it off because, you know, it's a game of football in the day. You don't want to say no to a win. And no. I think, well, um, winning breeds confidence. So we need yeah. confidence right now as well. No, you're spot on, yeah. I think that's sort of the thing in our fan base. It's always been like, listen, I think the league is so important and yours the same. Just mm. staying in this Premier League so important. Especially with us going into the new stadium, we need to stay in this Premier League. Definitely, so, yeah. you know, for us, we play Luton at home on Saturday. Um, it sounds mad. If someone said get beaten, but win the next three Premier League games, I'd snap your hand off. Of course, you take it then. Yeah, yeah. So I think it, I think yeah. it's one of them. Um, we've got a lot of people out. Andre Gomez is out now. The Corey Coleman, 
Um, you know, it's just the spine seems to be missing from the midfield mm-hmm. from Everton's point of view. So Saturday is not a free hit because I want to win. I want to win every football match we're involved in. That's it. Yeah, you want you you want to win the game you're in, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's bigger bigger fish to fry in this in this year, and especially with this looming again, this second charge looming over us. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. So obviously, you know, it is what it is now, and you've just sort of got to hope and pray that you don't get as bad as what we get, and you go through what we go. I hope you do, and I hope we don't get anything, so it gives us a bit of breathing space from yourselves, but <laughs> listen, it's horrible. Don't look at your phone, stay yeah. off Twitter, Wait, turn off notifications, everything, but honestly, Christian, thanks very much for joining me today, and uh, I'm looking forward to our next game. Very much so. Yeah, it's just had me on and uh, fingers crossed that when we do our preview for next year, we're still Premier League teams. Yeah, we will. We will be, 100%. Thanks very much, mate. All right, mate. Take care. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.